sounds awful to say, but I, I live in an apartment. I feel like if I had a bit of a garden, I could walk around a bit Holly, more. Holly, don't make excuses. You live on the farm <laughs> by the sea and she walks to her F45 in the morning, which I she showed me the other day. She was so excited and it's literally five steps from her door. <laughs> Welcome to Life and Laughter with Annie and Holly. Today we have an exciting guest who is joining us to discuss all things nutrition. Claire Kersher is an online coach and MNU nutritionist based in Dubai, helping busy women lose body fat, gain confidence and look amazing while still enjoying their social life in Dubai. So Claire, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. We need all your education. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Well, we've, we've got a lot to go through, so I'm sure it'll be very beneficial. Yeah. Well, I was saying, I've been in Dubai seven and a half years, and you're the first nutritionist I've ever spoken to. Um, how long have you been in Dubai for? So, I've been in Dubai now four and a half years, and it's absolutely flown by, but I just love it. Yeah. I'm from um, the UK, so a place called Poynton in Cheshire. And it's a lovely place, a little small village. Um, but I, when I came out to Dubai in 2012, I was just like, this place is amazing. It's full of opportunities. And I just knew I wanted to be here. The land so of here I am. money, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not leaving. Do you think you'll be a lifer, a Dubai lifer? I don't know. I, I, I don't see where I'm going to leave. I don't see any need to leave right now. But, you know, so I, it's brilliant. Everything about it. Yeah, that's great. And when did you train to become a nutritionist? So I trained a couple of years ago, actually. Um, so when I first moved to Dubai, I was working as a personal trainer. And I found that what people were struggling the most with was their nutrition. And I just, I want my clients to get the best results possible. So I knew that I needed to upscale my knowledge in nutrition and that's why I, I, I found the Mac Nutrition Uni um, nutrition course online. It was a year-long course. And what's different about Mac Nutrition is that it's an evidence-based nutrition course. So it's all backed by science. And then if there isn't any science to like disprove something, then we look at real-life examples. So it's brilliant brilliant course you know you know you can you feel confident with the information that you're learning and that you know you can pass it on to clients in an easy to understand way because sometimes talking scientific is not people that just goes over their heads so you have to be able to like break it down and make it understandable for everybody and would you say with Dubai because there's that Dubai stone, isn't there, that people oh, yeah. always talk about when you first move here? I think it's and... a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> did you did you did you gain the Dubai stone when you moved here, Claire? I I definitely gained some weight, not a stone, but I did gain some because the thing mm. is, it's the lifestyle here, isn't it? So we come here, we've got more disposable income. So and there's the whole going out scene, the ladies' nights in the week, the brunches at the weekend, all involving calories, alcohol, food, and you know, socialising is you know, part of it. So and it, and it's good for your health to socialise. It's important to socialise. So it's not about avoiding it. 
but it's about being able to manage it. And I think when we when we first arrive and we start getting involved in those things, we're not thinking about the calories. We're just thinking about having a good time. So the weight can quickly pile on. And if you're doing that every weekend, um, you know, it, it's just, it can just, you could just end up in a situation where you're feeling very unhappy about yourself. Um, and that's, that's what definitely we were... happened with me. In yeah. I and def- it's like I... you blink and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> I know. Um, I expand, expanded. Exactly. Do you know what? I think I probably did gain the stone if I think about it compared to my weight beforehand. I went, um, but I managed to lose it because I put all the right practices in place, um, which is what I, which is what I help my clients with. I know this might sound a very stupid question, but as I said, I'm new to nutrition and I don't fully understand it. But if I was kind of looking to lose weight and I was toying between a nutritionist and, and a PT, like what's the what's the difference between those two? So the thing is, with a nutritionist, I'm specialised in nutrition. Okay, so I'm like an expert in my field, whereas a personal trainer, they're certified to provide like a safe and effective exercise program. Okay, and the education that you get a lot with nutrition alongside personal training is very limited, and it's nowhere near. It goes into nowhere near as much detail as what you need. So what you find is some personal trainers might go onto the internet for information and it, and it's just not the best place to look. Oh, it's like a, it's like a, a TARDIS, that place. You look for a diet and most of them like contradict themselves and it's just a mind. Exactly. And there's so many yeah. fad diets, isn't there? Like Exactly. Low, I don't know. Things, exactly. Yeah, there's so many different things. You could go, if you had a bias on a certain topic, if you went on the internet, you could probably find something to suit your bias. And that's why it just becomes a little bit tricky. Um, but and also one of the reasons why I want to do an evidence-based course because it's backed by science. So like, I know the stuff that I'm telling you is accurate and it's up to date and it's just quality, quality advice. Yeah. And do you have like your clients, do, do they go to you and then they have a PT? A personal trainer, do you find, or or is it just mainly it's, like losing weight? They just come to you. It's a bit of a mix, to be honest. Like some people come to me for nutrition advice, and they've already got a trainer, um, or they might be training themselves, and they just need that um, expertise in nutrition. Um, other times, people come to me and they want the full package. You know, they want the training and they want the nutrition, and that's what I'm able to help people with. I can help them with both, so it's um, it's it's great. And it goes hand in hand, though, doesn't it? More or less, when you're trying to be healthy, you want to be able to exercise and exactly and things like that. So you want to exactly. be able to do that properly, and and you can also guide that, can't you, Claire? Exactly. And I think, um, but I I do find that one one of the things that people struggle with the most is their nutrition. Mm. Um. So you know, and and you can make the biggest impact on someone by you know even just making a, a, a few small tweaks to their diet um and there's so many different ways different strategies that we can implement and it all comes down to what's going to work best for you as an individual your mm. your lifestyle your your preferences and everyone's different you know the principle is always the same you know if you want to lose weight it's about you know being in a calorie deficit but then it's all the strategies that i can implement underneath that to get you to that goal so there's not just one way and one way doesn't mm. see everybody. So. Absolutely. 
And I think we definitely want to go into that in a bit more detail. But before that, what do you think, like, how have you found living in Dubai? Because it's, it is, and as we touched on at the beginning, it is, I feel it is harder to be healthy and make those healthy choices because you're eating out a lot. And you've got the packages where you can do unlimited, like, unlimited house beverages and things on ladies nights and brunches and stuff but then you've got the most food (laughs) (laughs) but then you've got the most amazing like weather and you can do paddle boarding you can go to the beach so you can make good choices but it's hard to isn't it I don't know we want to hear your thoughts yeah so I was thinking about like what you've just said and you're right so it kind of all comes down to if you're a health-seeking person if you're a health-seeking person you're going to seek out all those outdoor activities and there's so many so much choice for us it's amazing so you can exercise outdoor whilst getting some vitamin d from the sun so it's always a win-win which you don't you don't get that in the uk you don't get the vitamin d exposure and the weather means that a lot of the time you are stuck inside so in terms of being able to get outside fresh air vitamin d move more and do exercise yes you know there are the those unhealthy kind of would I say unhealthy or there's more some some things are not as progressive as they are in the UK so for example in in Dubai if you're um you know driving down Shakeside Road or most of the main roads there's always signs for junk food fast food burgers pizzas and you you, you don't actually see that advertised in the UK as much because I think there's some laws against it so there is, it's kind I of read like, about this there is certain places won't have McDonald's and things like that yeah yeah so like in the UK we're a little bit more ahead and that we're already thinking about the health of the nation whereas here it's not about that it's kind of like in your face fast food convenience but it's not healthy food um it's not often you drive down and you see an advertisement for a a salad you know it's just anyway this just comes down to like marketing and marketing spend and things so that's one thing that kind of stands out and then I mean it's it's definitely got a lot better but like when I first moved here, buying healthy food is really hard. But, you know, because like I, I come from a food background, so I used to work for a UK supermarket in product development. So I'm very much aware of like the strategies behind food and supermarkets in the UK. It's about making sure it's healthy, you know, you know, showing the calories, the macronutrients on the food. It's clear, you know, it, you know, you go in there, you've got food to go. It's all very much like there's plenty of protein options. There's, there's good, healthy snacks. Or there might just be some, you know, treat food. But it's very much, there's about a lot of thought gone into the fact that we are, we do generally are quite, you know, think about our health more. Whereas here, that was a lot harder to find. And it's definitely improved. Like if you just go into like a Zoom now, you will note, I don't know if you have noticed, but there's a load more healthy snacks in Zoom these days. A lot, a lot more like look um, higher protein options. And it's just a little bit more balanced than it was a few years ago. And even on Deliveroo and places like that, you know, you can order and make your own salads. Whereas a couple of years ago, it was all kind of more fast food, wasn't it? I think there's a healthy app option on Deliveroo now. Oh, that's actually actually a good point, Annie, because like, again, like the whole Deliveroo um, option for us is making it so easy just to like get food delivered without having to get up, without having to move. And like, you know, you know, if you think about preparing a, preparing food, you walk to the supermarket, you walk around the supermarket, you pick up the, the ingredients, you go home, you cook it. You know, that's all expending energy. Whereas if you just sit there, click a button, and then the food arrives in front of you, you've not even had to, like, do anything 
to expend energy to get that food um, and it's great for convenience um but I, you know it's 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 I, I wouldn't want i wouldn't encourage people to do that all the time you know like that isn't a healthy way to live just just ordering food and not no you know I, it's funny actually i i made a rule when when we were in lockdown like a, a year and a bit ago to cook and it's something i'm an awful cook and i was like i'm not going to order every day because one day i did um i had a bit of a a sofa day um mm-hmm. I shouldn't say this Claire sorry I was a little we bit the- hung over and, <laughs> and I literally done about I think it was like 150 steps and it was to answer the door to Deliveroo go to the toilet walk to my bed back and forth and I was like that is absolutely disgusting so I was like, I'm not doing this in lockdown like I'm just going to gain weight like no tomorrow and cooking yeah. it's a hobby as well and it gives you something to do and you really like I love knowing what I'm putting in my food yeah. Like when it's ordered, you don't actually know what they've put in it. It might look healthy or might sound healthy, but you know, they could have covered it in oil, like some, so much salt, pepper, ridiculous. Like, so I do like that cooking aspect. No, exactly. So it's the same when you're eating out, ordering any food when you're eating out, whether it's on delivery or in your restaurants, like they want that food to taste good. So you, you keep buying it and you want more of it. Mm. So, you know, they're not really think. well, a lot of the time they're not really thinking about making it like super healthy. So, you know, it, it is going to have like hidden calories and that's usually, and what makes food taste good. It's like making, if it's higher in fats, it's going to taste nicer um, and you're going to want to eat more of it. You know, if it's got more sugar in it, you know, I've, I've, I've heard about restaurants that put sugar in bolognese you know, to make it taste nicer. Like we would never do that at home when you're cooking a bolognese, but that's what's no. happening. So, and I've heard know, as well, so, oh, sorry to cut you off, but I've heard about salt to make you thirsty in restaurants. So you order more drinks. I don't know if that's a... So, you know, all these things that like restaurants so are doing and, it, and you know, if, if we're eating out more and more, then, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope um, to gaining weight and... You know, I mean, it's important to socialise, though, as part of, you know, social health. It is a thing. It's you. We should continue to do that. But we just need to find ways to manage it so that you can still go out, still enjoy your time with your friends, but don't, like, impact your health as much. God, I think I need you in my life, Claire. <laughs> now, 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 one thing. So I, I am looking to, like, what advice? So I'm looking to bulk up a little bit, and I'm struggling with this. So, like, if I wanted to build muscle or someone wants to build muscle, what what would you advise, Claire? Okay, so first of all, if you're wanting to build muscle, you need to make sure that you've got a a consistent strength training program in place, which is structured and that is going to give you an opportunity to um, progressively um, build muscle over time, which means that your um, muscles need to be... um, can't think of the word I'm just on the spot <laughs> um challenged basically but every week your muscle needs to be challenged so that you're lifting heavier each week okay and by doing that that's going to break down the muscle and then by making sure you eat enough protein that's going to rebuild it's going to rebuild stronger and that's well how you're going to grow bigger muscles okay when it comes to diet <laughs> when it comes to diet you need to make sure you've got a high protein diet okay so um and also that's that's the fundamental thing a high protein diet and that can vary from person to person um 
but usually if you're looking to build muscle you want to be eating over uh, two grams per kilogram of body weight okay and it's not just about um the amount it also is about how often you're eating protein so you need to spread the protein out across the day so for optimal muscle gain you want to have four to six servings of protein a day four to six four to six protein servings a day okay because there's this thing called the muscle full effect where um it hits a certain point and it just can't do any more so then that's why you have to keep like it, like the we call it stoking the fire you have to keep like injecting the protein injecting consuming the protein <laughs> to like um get the muscle protein synthesis going again does that make sense yeah where do you get protein from I suppose like what's your what, if, if you're someone just starting out I always think of chicken <laughs> yeah I mean the best I mean um so if, if you think of it in terms of like You've got animal protein and plant, plant-based protein, okay? So animal protein is one of the ways to get a high amount of protein into your diet. So that's things like chicken, um, lean, lean mints, um, beef, I've talked about that, sorry, lean meat, <laughs> beef, pork, chicken, um, lamb. Um, you've got vegetarian sources like eggs, cheese um and you've got vegan sauce which are plant-based so you've got things like um soy quinoa um nuts seeds um edamame i love edamame edamame (laughs) um so there's loads of different ways um but obviously it comes down to like your preference in terms of whether you eat meat or whether you want to be more of a plant-based diet See, that's the thing, though, like when you were saying, Claire, like four to six, like I was quite taken back by that because I would think like I want to build muscle, but then it goes hand in hand if someone wanted to like lose weight. Like I would, I don't know, I would think that I would bulk out, but obviously that you need to work out as well to substitute that much food you're eating, I'm assuming. So that first bit you said, am I going to put weight on, right? That depends on how many calories you're consuming. So... To build muscle optimally, you want to be in a calorie surplus, but you only need to be in a surplus of about two to 300 calories on top of what your body needs. Okay. Yeah. And now that's going to be individual dependent. You can build muscle in a calorie deficit as long as you're hitting your protein target and you're following a strength training program. Does that make sense? Yes. Does that that answer (laughs) the question? Yeah yeah i think then so if it's someone like me that wants to lose weight what would i do (laughs) so for someone like yourself who wants to lose weight your number one concern is being in a calorie deficit yeah okay so you know we'll come on to you know what you need to do to make sure you are in a calorie deficit but again it's like energy in has to be less than your energy out so okay and then sorry so then it comes down to um how to increase your energy expenditure so what can we get you doing to make sure that you are burning more calories so you know can we get you moving more like what exercise can we get you doing that you enjoy doing that's gonna you know help you know expend the energy and then the the other thing that's important for you as well would be to lift weights 
because you want to lift weights to build muscle because muscle is metabolically more active than fat, which means that it, it, it burns more calories. Does that make sense? You've got to lift weights to get dates, Annie. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> that's <laughs> what my it... partner says to me every time I go out for the gym. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Because I feel like the whole lifting weights, there's there's the saga behind, if you lift, lift weights, you're going to get really big and bulky. <laughs> it's just not it's crazy for, for, we think like that. No, I think it's, for women, it's just not, it's just physiologically, it's just not possible because we've got more estrogen, progesterone as hormones. And what helps men get, get bulky muscles is testosterone. Like that is supporting their muscle growth. We have like, I think it's like one sixth of the amount of testosterone that men have. So like, it's really hard. It's really hard for us to bulk up. Um, and like, as I say, like if you're in a calorie deficit, it's, you know, you can build muscle, but it's, you know, the optimal way to build muscle has been in a calorie surplus. And as I mentioned, it's only like two to 300 calories, Holly, on top of what you, you'd be needing. So yeah, it's, it's, I think the problem is, is um, I think we just, I think it's just a, a misconception from, from women that um, it makes you bulky. Um, it's and... awful that we think like that, isn't it? It's like you're saying, you need to know the science behind it because everything you think is just completely the opposite. Yeah, I think, and also when you look into it as well, like these um, women bodybuilders who do look more bulky, you know, they're not just lifting weights, like they're doing other things, which is helping them, yeah. you know, because as I mentioned about like the whole hormone balancing, they haven't got that testosterone. So what are they doing as extra to like, I'm not commenting what they do but just they must they have to be doing something extra to build that muscle you know they just, have a little help along the way maybe yeah it's not like yeah it's yeah. not like you know <laughs> it's it's obviously done on purpose to get them into that into that place yeah and you've touched upon like calories a bit obviously like to Annie's point like you know if she wanted to lose weight like how would you advise people to track calories? Because that is one thing I remember my mum used to do Weight Watchers and I still remember the little Weight Watchers book she used to go through and be like, oh, I can have this. It's only X amount of calories. And I was like, oh, this points. Weight Watchers points, points. points. That's it. That's it. Sorry, points. Um, and, you know, even now, like, like you were touch upon, like with Tesco's, like the calories are screaming out at you. Like, how would you advise the easiest and simplest way to track calories? Because one thing I cannot stand is if I was to eat something, I have to log it in. Like, I don't have that full, like, I don't have the luxury of doing that throughout the day. There's actually loads of different ways to do this. You like, you can, you can track calories, like using different apps or keeping a like food diary, yeah. for example. Um, but it's not the only way. There's like other, like there's non-tracking methods and there's, there's, when I have a consultation with someone and I, I work out what their, what their lifestyle is like and we have a chat about it, and that's when we come up with the best strategy which is going to work best for them. So if, you, if you're somebody that like doesn't, hasn't got the time to track calories, then, you know, there's so many different ways. Like one way could be you could implement a, say, a intermittent fasting strategy. So you almost like you do like a windowed eating approach. So you would um, say, for example, you skip breakfast and you just have lunch and yeah. dinner. That's creating a bit of a deficit because you're missing out because you're missing the calories that you'd normally eat at breakfast. 
So you're not having yeah. to, you're not having to, you're just not, so you're not tracking anything. You've literally just stopped having your breakfast and you've created that deficit. You carry on right. eating as you carry on eating as you were doing normally. Now, the only downside to that is if the, the lunch and the dinner is more than your body needs, then that's I, I was going to say, don't, don't turn work. off on Shakeside Road to one of the fast food <laughs> joints. <laughs> so, don't, don't make that turning. <laughs> um, you can do it by like plate sizes. So you could like look at like smaller plate, por- like, so this comes down to like portion sizes. So not necessarily having to track food, but you're suddenly using yeah. a different size plate. So just automatically you're eating less because it's a, it's a smaller portion. Claire, can I, yeah. can I just say, sorry, without even like my partner done this, we done this for a week and our stomachs actually shrank. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. It was because we actually moved apartment and we don't know what they've done with our full-size plates. <laughs> so we started using side plates. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But it, it, as stupid as it sounds, it was psychological. I was like, I'm actually full after a side plate of dinner. Like, it went up in height a little bit, but it was it worked. And that it's psychological, really isn't it? It's psychological because yeah. you think you're eating a big meal because it looks big on your small plate. Yeah. sometimes I say to clients as well like you know if you just stop snacking right because your body goes through a rhythm where you know it gets hungry at the, the same times a day so you might just have to ride that wave of feeling hunger on that one day and just t- where you don't have the snack but then if you just if you just wait 20 minutes that feeling goes away I don't know if you've ever done this before if you've noticed if you just ignore the feeling of hunger and then just like ride it out it can it can go away um see I've tried that when I'm sleeping you know when you you, have you ever woken up and you're absolutely starving and someone told me as well have water are you actually dehydrated is that correct you're not actually hungry do you know what the best thing to drink in that situation would actually be milk milk is the most hydrating drink more hydrating than water amazing yeah and what sorry whilst on this, what what milk do you buy because i'm really confused do you buy the full fat because do you buy the semi-skimmed like what is the best oh. one to like healthiest would you say whole milk is the most hydrating obviously skim and it's full of health benefits skim milk has obviously got less less fat in it but i would i would recommend whole milk there's you know uh, unless you were on a really strict calorie diet and we were trying to find ways to like reduce the calories then maybe i'd suggest skim milk but only you know there's no really not that much difference between skim milk and whole milk and um, but but you know sometimes these calories count and then you know there's a lot of people that you know choose plant-based milks these days and that's yeah. you know that's fine as well you know it comes down to personal preference yeah, I've gone to the coconut milk in my coffee now. I absolutely love that. It's like sugar, but not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used to love that Alpro almond and coconut milk, but then um, I've just gone back to drinking normal, just normal milk. But again, some people have a, you know, they're lactose intolerant, so it's important for them to drink plant-based milk. And some people just prefer the taste of plant-based milks. Absolutely. So... The only reason I ask, you go into a supermarket now and you're so overwhelmed. It used to just be one or the other. You know when the milkman used to come? Yeah. Now it's like a whole <laughs> fridge. I'm like, I don't know what to buy. Like, milk is milk to me. Um, but you I've always had a phobia of milk. Really strange, just adding that in there. I've had, I've, <laughs> it's Even when I was, like, younger, if it touches, it makes me just go really funny. So I just, 
I can't even have milk on my cereal. I hate it. <laughs> and then, Claire, how do people calculate their calories? Obviously, you were touching on okay. if someone was just listening to this and they thought, you know, I would like to lose weight or gain weight. And you've t- talked about you've got to lose weight, you've got to be in a deficit to gain weight, you've got to be in a surplus. So obviously, you know, they could come and talk to you. But if they were just sitting at home and they thought, oh, I'm interested in this, how do I calculate? Is there an easy way? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you there is an easy way. But the way the way I the way I do it for people is uh, there's a number of different calculations you can do, and it's mm-hmm. based on people's age, uh, their sex, um, their height, their weight, and and also can depend on your ethnicity. It could depend on your obesity rating. So those those sorts of factors affect how I would initially create someone's basal metabolic rate. Okay. And then I look into how much movement they're doing. So, you know, how many steps they're doing uh, on a daily basis. And, and then I'll look at their exercise across the week, like what their exercise schedule is like, you know, are they playing paddle tennis? Are they playing, are they playing rugby? Are they playing hockey? You know, like, you know, all these things have different um, energy expenditures. So that's where you have to like build it into um, someone's calorie intake for the week. And I always look at it across the week. And then I'll base it on, okay, so what's what's somebody's goal, okay? Is their goal to lose weight? Is their goal to maintain weight? Is their goal to, you know, build muscle? So then you'd look at, like, what their, what their calorie intake needs to be. So it's, it's, it is, it's not as, as simple as it sounds, but if someone is at home, a very quick calculation I can offer you is for females, if you just take your body weight in kilograms and times it by 22, that would give you a rough guide of your basal metabolic rate. So basal metabolic rate is what your body needs, even if it didn't get out of bed. But obviously that's not taking into consideration the movement, like how many calories you're burning on a daily basis when you're walking around, all the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis and your exercise. But that's just a very simple way to work out if you didn't get out of bed all day, how many calories you'd need. So Holly, on that day when you were hungover and you just didn't, you did 150 steps, <laughs> that would be like your body weight times 22. That would give you the amount of calories you can have for your, um, your takeaway. Well, oh my, well, I've gone way over because I've just calculated this whilst you were talking and there's something wrong with my calculator because I eat double this. <laughs> I think I know my problem. But then maybe, but then maybe, and I don't know how much, how much you're moving around, you know, so, you know, how much well, do you move around? that much? No, yeah. no, I feel, well, it sounds awful to say, but I, I live in an apartment. I feel like if I had a bit of a garden, I could walk around a bit Holly, more. Holly, but... don't make excuses. You live on the farm <laughs> by the sea and she walks to her F45 in the morning, which I she showed me the other day. She was so excited and it's literally five steps from her door. Amazing. <laughs> That's my 150 steps. That's my exercise. <laughs> um, I love the way you got your notebook out as well, Holly, just to write down the calculation. <laughs> I'm loving this. It's like a new start to the year. Like I'm, I'm going to basically empty everything out of the fridge and start again. <laughs> that just to, just to make a point as well. That calculation is for females. So there is another calculation yeah. for males. So males will be their body weight in kilograms times 24. But I think this podcast mm-hmm. is for women anyway, isn't it? We do have some male listeners. No, we're diverse. So, yeah. We're diverse. We want everyone. Okay. We love everyone. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. And then it, we also have like mothers and newborn mums that would be listening. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose what would be kind of like your top 
or some advice for newborn mothers that would be breastfeeding, for example? Okay, so when a mother's um, pregnant, I'm, sh- I'm sure she'll have looked into like some nutritional advice. So the nutritional advice is the same for a woman who's pregnant, after she's had a baby, or even before conception, okay? Because mm. that your nutritional um and, you'll, and the, the way you live your life can affect the, an unborn baby, even before conception. That's an important oh, wow. point to make. And, and the message for women is to have a balanced diet with plenty of variety. And when you are breastfeeding, okay, so it should be encouraged exclusively for the first six months. But again, it comes down to personal choice. So make sure that the the mother's having this varied diet. She's making sure she's getting adequate iron, iodine, calcium, folic acid, and vitamin D. Now, you know, if gradual weight loss for women who are breastfeeding is absolutely fine as well. You want to go for about half a kg to one kg per week, and that's not going to affect the ability to breastfeed, or and it won't affect the quality or the quantity of the milk. But it's not about suggesting women do fad diets quick fixes or crash diets they never work do they they never ever work it's like fast fashion in and out like (laughs) it just doesn't last and the in terms of the calorie intake for someone who's breastfeeding they uh the research shows they need an extra 600 calories on top of their daily requirements wow that's interesting isn't it yeah that is interesting yeah is that where the the slogan comes? Not slogan, but the the comment comes from like I'm I'm eating for two, so that's your two. Well, that's you, the, you... no, that's that's a complete nutritional myth because like you know when a woman's pregnant for the first six months she doesn't need any extra calories. She just needs to eat what her body needs. It's only in the last three months that she needs an extra two hundred calories a day. That's all it is. The extra two hundred. Oh, so it's no. So it's no. So she doesn't need to eat for two. It's just, and, and 200 calories, that's like a couple of slices of toast. Mm. So everything I know is just wrong, basically, Claire. You've proven so far on this podcast. <laughs> it sounds awful. Oh, I will tell you one fact, and I know this sounds ridiculous, when you're talking about milk and breastfeeding, yeah. I did read that the closest, like, tasting thing to breast milk is vanilla. Yeah. I don't know if you, and that's why it's a real home comfort for us, and that's why it's, like, one of the most favourite, like, um, scents scents like like candles people love because it's like a home feeling and then also like vanilla ice creams the top selling flavor and stuff like that oh um, wow look at me trying to know my stuff about also, food also how <laughs> weird is it that we love the taste of breast milk then like throughout our adult life <laughs> oh get odd. us a vanilla ice cream <laughs> <laughs> oh god it'll put everyone off now there's a few things as well i want i'd, I'd add on the breastfeeding thing because there's a lot of foods that women are told before while they're pregnant that they're not allowed to eat so when when they're breastfeeding uh, they can go back to eating those foods so things like they're told to avoid soft cheeses pate raw meats and they can go back to eating those Um, but they still have to limit oily fish to no more than twice a week and in terms of drinks this is important so they need to make sure that they're like keeping themselves hydrated so drinking like plenty of water milk and they can have a small amount of fruit juice as well um other pointers to know is that alcohol passes through the breast breast milk to the baby 
So you want to limit alcohol to one or two units once or twice a week and avoid drinking alcohol at least two hours before breastfeeding. And finally, caffeine can also pass through the breastfeed, breast milk and that may cause the baby to become unsettled. So the, the advice is to avoid or limit coffee, teas or anything containing caffeine. So now that, I know why I see a hyperactive child and a very naughty <laughs> child. She's had she's had a Starbucks. She's had a Starbucks this morning. But I must admit, I think you've made a lot of women happy because I always thought that, especially fish. You know, like just to clarify, could they have sushi? Oily fish, you said. When they've had the baby, when they're breastfeeding. Breastfeed, breastfeeding. Yeah, they can, breastfeeding. Yeah. They can still have fish, but um, they just want to. The advice is to limit it to one. Um, to two times a week so that's like salmon okay. sardines fresh tuna mackerel um and they can and they can eat raw meat when they're um you know because the advice when they're pregnant is to not eat raw meat mm-hmm. okay but yes. it's okay when they're breastfeeding mm. and you know that's why people pump and dump isn't it when they're going out for a drink <laughs> they like pump their breast milk so then they it's, can drink loads exactly, exactly. <laughs> pump and dump that's awful isn't but it the but the coffee it's... thing's really interesting because i never knew about the coffee stuff and i wonder whether i'm sure mm. i mean i'm sure new mums have done their research but i think that would be really beneficial for anyone that is um you know conceit like trying to conceive or newborn mums or people that are pregnant and and newborn mums newborn yeah mothers but you, but you can have decaf can't you yeah I mean that's like got a very very tiny amount of caffeine in it anyway so but again Substitute, it's, it's, giving it's up coffee the, the, the advice is avoid or limit so decaf would be limiting it right and I guess you have to see how it how your baby reacts to it you know does your baby become unsettled you know yeah. and you, you had a coffee that morning then you breastfed it I don't know you know you'd, you'd have to just see how it how it goes Oh my God, it's like, so can you give your child like ADHD or something? Um, <laughs> now, I have to ask, so this is one thing I'm not educated enough in because I I try to do my bit and I take vitamins. Yeah. I've tried so many different vitamins. I'm a sucker for when I go to Holland Barrett back home in the UK, especially when they have that buy two, get one for one pound or I think it was yeah. like 1p, that's it, 1p. Um, deal. And I am a sucker for it. I even used to take those gummy bears, which made your hair, it was meant to make your hair grow, but basically it made my hair grow everywhere else apart from on my hair. So I was continuously shaving <laughs> oh, wow. and everything. And it was an, I was turning into a monkey. Wow. So I do take the um for like the dissolvable tablets the immune system tablets but I've heard so many rumors of they don't work they're they're absolutely pointless um because you're drinking it and it just flushes through but what what vitamins should we be taking would you say this is a really good topic to be honest because like the supplement industry is huge and it it all like um it all comes down to like marketing doesn't it so you feel like you like what you just talked about that holland and barrett deal so you feel like you should get it because you're getting a good deal um Mm. but it's like if you're eating a a balanced diet which is you know it's got plenty of variety you shouldn't need to take any supplements the only supplements you might need to you might need to take um, would be things like fish oils, because unless depending on how much like oily fish you eat on a week, but um, would depend on how much you need. But um, fish oils, 
It's, is it's that cod liver oil? Sorry, if that's a stupid question. Like, like a cod liver oil tablet, like no. those ones that stink. No, it's it's fish oils containing omega three, and um, they need to make sure they have EPA and DHA. The, the tablet contains those two things, um, and this is really important for general health. It's important for like reducing inflammation. Um, it starves off things like Alzheimer's. So as we get older, as we age, it's even more important to take this as a, as a supplement. Um, and then also as well, it, it may increase strength and size gains. So it's got like an additional benefit and some studies show it helps with fat loss as well. So uh, if I was gonna recommend anything for you to take, it would be the fish oils. Okay, I need to throw my pill box away then. <laughs> and then the one other one which is really hard to get from your diet is vitamin d which we we probably get exposed to a lot more in 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 dubai but and you know you can't get vitamin d um through clothes you can't get it when you're wearing sunscreen you can't get it through windows so there's a lot of like factors that actually affect you, your, your absorption of vitamin D. Um, so yeah. that's something that you might want to check with your doctor if you've ever, if you've got a deficiency and because um, that's another I one. Feel that's, they say, yeah, it's a I real, feel like they, they always tell you you're always low on it. Everyone I speak I, to in Dubai, it's quite a common thing that you're low on. Well, that's what they say. But then like when, you know, kind of clients that go and get their, their blood test done and they're absolutely fine. So um but it does it's really important uh, it's not just for bone health it's for, it, it it supports you know the absorption of um, calcium for your bones but it also supports your immune system so that's yeah. but again protein supports your immune system so those those things are going go hand in hand as well like um getting enough protein in your diet like i mentioned earlier um it is safe to start taking a vitamin d tablet without checking with a doctor that you've got um, a deficiency um but you can never go over well I suppose you can go over sorry it's a stupid question but like it's not it's better to be safe than sorry especially with the dreaded c word around yeah I mean <laughs> build the immune system there's, there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of advertisements out there telling you you need this supplement that supplement but um the long and short of it is you know make sure you're eating a healthy balanced diet with plenty of variety and um and if you need the only two things you could you could supplement your diet with would be um, the fish oils and the vitamin D. That's interesting. I think as well, vitamin D in the UK, like you mentioned, is hard to also get. And I thought being next to the window would be really beneficial if you could get it through glass, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And Claire, what going into eating out, regardless of nutrition, what would you say your favourite restaurant is in Dubai? Oh, well, we're spot for choice, aren't we? There's so yeah. many, and obviously blessed. all those new places that are popping up all the time. Uh, people were talking about, is it Tomahawk? Tomahawk is a new one um, that everyone's recommending. I think it's um, in the, the Ritz. Oh, I haven't on, heard of that one. It's um, in the Ritz on JBR, and that's what, where everyone's going. And I recently went to Sushi Samba, a new restaurant. And Oh, I love that one. You know, yeah, there's so just good. constantly new places. But um, one place that does stick in my mind that I absolutely love is Gaia in DIFC. Oh, the Greek. Oh, because yes. I absolutely love Greek food. It's just, it's, it's homely, isn't it? It's every, homely. It's a nice ambience, um, it's great service. It's like 
The food is excellent quality. It's got amazing ceviche, amazing salads. I love all the dips and the bread, like everything about that place. I, I can't fault it. And the desserts as well. Incredible. It's making me hungry. <laughs> DIC is the best, I feel. Like it is, it is the best place for restaurants. Like it's just such a safe bet. Yeah, you, you need a mortgage hungry, as well. Yeah, you, you, need to, you need a mortgage to go there. <laughs> now, how would you stay on track with like eating out and brunching? Because as you said, Claire, and we all know a key part of our lifestyle in Dubai is socialising, eating and drinking. That's all yeah. I do to see friends and to get out of the house. If I'm not watching Netflix or doing my F45, I'm eating something. <laughs> so yeah. how do I stay on? How would you somebody stay on track? So there's loads of different strategies for this. Um, that's why I always like, when I've got a client in front of me, let's we discuss about what's gonna work best for them. But like, just to throw a few suggestions out there to you, you could make sure that say, on that day that you're brunching or you're eating out, you make sure that you, you go and train. So you go and do F45, or you go out for a walk. And you don't necessarily have to do that on the day of, you could do it on the day after or the day before, but you basically you're trying to curate um the the you know the energy expenditure so you you're you're trying to create room for those extra calories that you're going to be consuming when you're at when you're at a brunch you know you can make better food choices so you're choosing food that's going to make you feel more full so things like protein like we talked about earlier and um um salads and vegetables like the foods that contain fiber they're they're going to be the ones that keep you feeling um full and keep you feeling satiated and then there's, you know, be aware of how many drinks you're consuming and you can opt for like low, the more of the low calorie alcoholic drinks, like picking things like spirits and um, zero calorie mixes, you know, by like doing vodka and soda. Exactly. That's meant to be a very hydrating but naughty drink. Exactly. And then, you know, and make it tasty with some like light fresh lime. And, you know, you, if you think about that, that's going to be less than 100 calories a drink. And then you could go to that brunch saying, okay, my maximum, I'm going to have like, I don't know, three to five drinks. And then you, you, you know that you know, you're just, you know, you're just using three to 500 calories on alcohol. And I've, I've heard that like as well, like when you're, the worst thing to do is go to a restaurant absolutely starving. And I've done this myself because I end up ordering a starter, a main, and I'll just over order and it will be absolutely enjoyable but disgusting at the same time like would you say like looking at a menu before you go to the restaurant and be prepared like that's another like, that's another strategy that I recommend to people yeah definitely yeah, going in plan. there beforehand know what you're going to eat like using what I mentioned about the protein like having plenty of vegetables and because the key things that you need to eat because otherwise when you get there you could be tempted and you know if you are trying to watch what you're eating then and you are in like it's just the best best way to to keep on keep on track of it honey's really loving this one aren't you you're really learning loads go on ask your question (laughs) no i was just saying because it's it's the catch-22 because i actually love when i if i go out for brunch or something like that i love the food being bought to me like because i feel that if i was to go to a buffet uh for lunch i won't pick well and I always end up picking up the most randomest things like I have a bit of roast dinner with a bit of sushi on the side yeah doesn't make sense yeah like but then I feel that well if you're sitting there and it's put in front of you you are going to eat but I don't know you do also overeat it's a chicken and egg scenario a buffet <laughs> is like Just don't you know to eat the chicken. <laughs> a buffet is one of the worst places to go if you're trying to like watch watch your watch your calories and um 
it is let's be honest you've just got so much choice and you've got to have really strong willpower to like make those healthy choices and then if you throw some alcohol in there then your ne- next minute you you know you've taken into the dessert menu a dessert buffet and it gets yeah. a bit crazy it gets then, a bit crazy yeah. um <laughs> so you know you, you can go to those brunches where you do have a sit-down meal and it is put down in front of you and um but as I mentioned there's like so many different strategies you can do and sometimes like you know you could always cut back on your calories the following day say you did overeat at that brunch well just cut back the following day or maybe you can't cut back the following day but maybe you could cut back in the week you know you have to just try and think about your calories across the week rather than that, that just that one day okay God, I'm going so to depressing. a wedding this weekend I need to start, start starving myself now <laughs> It is so depressing that there's calories in alcohol, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't sit there and eat loads of burgers, but no. you would sit there and drink loads of wine. No, I, I always say this, like, to people, like, you wouldn't sit there and eat, like, five Mars bars in one go. Like, you know, but, like, no. you know, the the, calorie, the calories in a Mars bar is, like, similar to what's in, like, um, a pint or, or a cider. But, you know, mm. you know, a lot of people just sit there and drink, you know, five pints or whatever. It's just it's the same thing it's like oh I'm gonna start looking at things as sweets now like what's a Kit Kat <laughs> what's a Malteser I'd pina colada's a bounty I'd rather eat, I'd rather eat those calories and drink it to be honest yeah me too me too go after my own heart it does um it does feel like you're wasting calories when you're thinking that you're drinking it and you're not getting any nutrition or eating it you exactly. know it's not gonna fill you up it's not benefiting you it's just making you make bad choices and embarrassing drunk stories (laughs) um how much water do you think we should well like how much water would you recommend that we drink I know in Dubai would be a lot more different to being in the UK but for both the listeners what's the kind of recommended so this is completely individual dependent because like everyone has like as you mentioned like different temperatures different climates how much exercise are you doing how much do you sweat we all sweat differently so you know it it just all comes down to an individual and one of the 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 main things that we advise is to make sure they're always feeling hydrated so you know you know the feeling of dehydration you know the signals that there's the thirst you might get a headache those sorts of things you want to avoid you want to avoid getting to that state so so as as i mentioned about it all being an individual it's hard to say right everyone needs to drink this amount of water because it's always going to vary from person to person so what I can suggest is things like always taking a bottle with you, keeping water on you. Um, and as I mentioned earlier about, you know, it's, water is not necessarily the most hydrating drink. Milk's more hydrating. And then electrolytes, electrolytes are going to help with hydration. But you can add like um, like lemon to water, which will, which makes it more hydrating. Um, mm. And things having like it's... herbal teas and teas and, and, and uh, things like that. Mm. while I've been in the UK for the past week I found I definitely I'm not drinking as much water as I would have been in Dubai it's it's funny like how I think in Dubai you kind of have like visually don't you You see bottles of water you see the water dispensers whereas here I've even noticed it with my family and I'm thinking you don't really drink much water they they get it all through their teas and coffees yeah that's the thing as well don't forget don't forget the tap. Don't forget they're getting plenty. You get water as well in the fruit and the vegetables that you're eating. Mm. If you have soups, if you have stews, in teas, yeah. from milk. So you know you are getting a lot of liquid and water from those things. 
So it's not just a, and that again, that varies from person to person. So that's so you, interesting. You, Thank you, Claire. You just need to make sure that this is quite a gross thing, but just you know, <laughs> maintain a clear urine colour. And then you'll know that mm. you're, you know, when you're dehydrated, when you're, it's not, it's no longer clear. Okay. Yeah. Like the morning after you've done a brunch. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're your so dehydrated. Well. Your lips as well. I always know by my dry. lips, they're chapped. Yeah. Mm. Dry and like, I'm constantly putting on um, like lip balm. If you're feeling tired, losing concentration, that can also be signs that you're not drinking enough water and just ha- keep a bottle with you at all times. It's just as a reminder, yeah. isn't it? To drink. Now, Claire, you've given so many wonderful like tips and tricks. Now, for anyone who's listening, like, how do we find out about your services for people who want to know? Like, what? Well, the easiest how way. How can people get hold of you? <laughs> the I easiest. Want to know this. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest way to reach out to me is via my Instagram, Claire Kershaw, or you can um, go on my website, um, ClaireKershaw.com, and you know, um, hit an inquiry. But um, if you just direct me, directly message me on Instagram, uh, we can have a chat. And then if you need any further information, we can have a call. And then we can discuss like how I could help you reach your goals. And we will put things on our Instagram. And if you, the listeners want to message us, we can you know direct you to Claire's Instagram because I'm sure we're going to be um, bombarded with requests because not only has it been so interesting to hear all these different things, it's um, like re-educating yourself, isn't it? And everyone's got different requests, um, which are so varied. And hopefully um, we kind of covered some of your questions and things um, within this podcast. And I think um, the last question that we, and you are our first speaker, so thank you very much, our first guest. Um, but what we want to ask all of our speakers is if you could give your younger self advice, what would it be? I would tell my younger self, I would educate my younger self more about alcohol. So I feel like growing up, it's glorified and we don't know anything about the dangers. We don't know that it's toxic Mm. for the body. We don't know about the fact that it causes anxiety, it causes addictions. And we feel dependent on it when we're going out. We feel like it gives us like this extra level of confidence when actually we don't need it. And we just, we just go um, straight from being 17, straight to 18, just start drinking every time we go out. I would rather educate my younger self, explain that you don't need it necessarily to have a good time, you know, or talk about the effects and like, you know, educate myself on the amount of calories and things. I didn't know any of this when I was growing up. I would just go out, drink, drink after drink after drink. I would not even be thinking about the calorie content. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you'd get into all sorts of states. And I, I just think that it's... It's just there's better ways to have a good time and I just couldn't agree more I think that's a really really good one a lot of us can relate to that yeah well thank you so much Claire um for joining us today and we hope that you listeners found it very interesting and hopefully you've got some motivation to go and buy your vitamins (laughs) and do a healthy food shop and please do visit our Instagram at Annie and Holly underscore DXB. And please remember to like and to subscribe to our podcast. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Ciao for now.